The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but I like them. They make me happy, and when they're good, I don't tell bad jokes. Hint, hint. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. The way things are going, uh, we might get through the week. I don't know. I don't know how, how it looks right now. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't, but we can if we decide we're actually going to move closer to the Lord and be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Always a great question. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. To the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. Well, that's it. Goodbye, folks. Oh, sorry. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through the scriptures, trying to find not just the grand theological implication, but the actual practical application of what the scriptures are telling us. And they were written to people many years ago. How does it apply to us now? How do we use it now? How do we take what the Lord says and put it into our lives in such a way as to honor him and to draw closer to him? So if you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, perhaps you have a praise report or a prayer request, we don't want it to die of loneliness. That sounds sad. What we want you to do is reach out to us and call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris first, and then you will be trying to figure out how many live Christian shows do this, you know? I just, I'm going not a ton. Probably a good reason why, right? I mean, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Uh, you can text us, by the way, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can also email us during the show live, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Org. I will also uh, direct you towards the website, keeping it simple. I encourage you to go to the website for a couple of reasons. One is the app is there, the new app, Spoonanity. Just put it on your phone. doesn't take a lot of room. You can listen to the show. It's got, you know, kind of cool things. It's got some personal pictures on there, like uh, I think we got pictures on there. No, I can't even remember. Got some audio and video and stuff like that. It's all on the app. 
And uh, also, it takes you to the website. Uh, and the whole point about that is if you have at any point a desire to have somebody be praying for you about something that's going on, you can go to our website and get there directly. We're going to tell you how to get there, or you can go through the app. But here's the thing. You might have something going on, and you're just like, I don't know if I'm comfortable sharing. There's a little box that says, please keep you know, keep it private or make it public. You just check that off. Nobody will ever know. Nobody gets the information. We're very careful. And then what we do is we pray about it. And the only thing that we ask is keep us posted. The worst part about praying for people is they get prayer, and then they'll get an answer, or this will redirect, or something happens, and then you never get notified. You never know what's going on. It's like... That's discouraging. Let's make it so that we're encouraging one another. That's the way you want to approach it. Go to the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right. Now, Eric X X. X, and I'm doing the best I can. He asks an excellent question. Is the Apple version up yet? It is not, but guess what we did get from Apple because we had to kind of go around it. We got the uh, approval, notification and approval to switch from a regular uh, developer into a nonprofit developer. So that took like forever and a day, but they went through everything and they approved us. We are moving in that direction. It will be up at some point. So hang in there. The only problem is that I got to help create it and that's, I think that's the problem right there, that i got to help create it. In the meantime, I'd like to say a prayer over the audience. If you don't mind, just uh, this impression I had uh, earlier today, and I want to kind of fulfill it. And uh, so just uh, hang with me in prayer for just a moment. Father, we come before you right now, and we lift up the audience to you. I lift up every person that's listening. And there are so many people that have not just conflict but frustrations, uh, maybe some unanswered questions. And now we're coming into this season where we're supposed to kind of chill just a little. And, uh, Lord, what we really need is we need your peace. And what's amazing is that in your word, you, you showed us after the disciples, after the resurrection took place, but they were all afraid, Jesus, you came into the room, and the first thing you said to them was peace. And there was so much tension and so much frustration and so much fear going on and swirling about. But you're the Prince of Peace. And we ask you to be the Prince of Peace in our lives. Pour the peace that passes all understanding into our hearts and minds and keep us. Father, we lift this prayer up to you and we ask you just to fulfill this by your grace, by your mercy, by your love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. All right. So I just wanted to get that rolling there. This first segment is a very difficult segment. I cannot say this any more clearly to everybody uh, how difficult this is. Oh, by the way, somebody wanted to know, were you talking about me individually when I was praying for people? Not just this time, but in the times past. The answer is I'm never talking about you individually. That's just what the Lord's doing. So just to help you out there. Here is the toughest portion we've gonna we have have to deal with in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Right away, ding ding ding, atheist, atheist. Everybody's thinking ding ding ding. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. However, there is a problem for some people because Jesus said you're not supposed to call people a fool. So now we have this tension. So I'm going to read something that somebody wrote better than I can write it. That's 
not unusual, but I want you to listen so you can understand the difference between Jesus saying, don't call somebody a fool, and then Jesus calling people fools. What is that? How does that work? And how does that relate to this portion in in Psalm chapter 14, verse 1? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Here's what it says. Are you a fool? The Bible has much to say about fools. The word fool today usually means a senseless fellow or a dullard. The biblical definition has the added dimension of someone who disregards God's word. The Bible lists many characteristics of such a person, often contrasting him with one who is wise. Ecclesiastes 10.2 says the heart of the wise inclines to the right, the heart of the fool to the left. A fool is one whose wayward heart turns continually toward foolishness. Fools speak foolishness and make evil plans. Isaiah 32, 6. Proverbs 26, 11 says, as the dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Fools do not learn their lessons from the mistakes they made. They continue doing the same foolish thing over and over again to their own destruction. Proverbs 18, 7. The following is a partial list of characteristics of fools from the book of Proverbs. A fool hates knowledge, takes no pleasure in understanding, enjoys wicked schemes, proclaims folly, spurns a parent's discipline, speaks perversely, is quick-tempered, gets himself in trouble with his proud speech, mocks at sin, is deceitful, despises his mother, a foolish child brings grief to his parents, a foolish man commits sexual immorality, a foolish woman tears down her own house. The ultimate description of a fool is one who says in his heart, there is no God. That's our portion. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. Psalm 14, verse 1. Although fools can choose to become wise by heeding wise counsel and applying it, the Bible warns against associating with fools. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for the companion of fools suffers harm. All right, here you go. Here's the big part. There is an important distinction between the biblical definition of a fool and the word Jesus used, raka, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, when he forbade calling a Christian brother a fool. Praise the Lord, somebody at least recognized that it's talking about brothers. That's just like, it's, it's so good. The term raka, spoken from the heart of contempt, implied utter worthlessness. Jesus was not saying that we cannot call the choices of another person foolish, but to call someone raka was saying that this person was beyond the reach of God and therefore condemned forever. To say you fool to a brother or sister in that day was the equivalent of saying damn you to someone today. Same thing. We do not have the power or the right to condemn anyone to hell. That position of judgment belongs only to God. A born-again Christian cannot be damned because he or she has been purchased by the blood of Christ. We can and should, however, do all we can to turn the hearts of those exhibiting foolishness towards wisdom and possibly save their lives and their eternal souls. James chapter 5 Verse 20, the whole essence of that comes down to two things. What Jesus was talking about was calling a brother or a sister, a genuine Bible-believing, born-again Christian, a fool, thereby condemning them, saying, damn you. That's what he was saying. You can't do that. You don't have the authority. You don't have the right. You put yourself in judgment. That's different than calling stupid decisions foolish and, may, and telling people they're being fools when they're making those kind of stupid moral decisions. A person in his heart who says there is no God is dumb. Sorry, that's the way it goes. 
That's what the scripture says. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? When you are in the presence of the Lord and his presence is strengthening you, and we talked about that can happen through the word of God, through prayer and through fellowship. And then you go through some process where somebody sends you a text or somebody sends you a letter or somebody calls you or somebody sends you an email or somebody looks at you funny or somebody kind of glances or somebody says something about you or you hear something about yourself or you eat the wrong kind of tacos and you just feel bad and the joy is sucking away at the moment. Here is the answer while the devil is trying to take your joy away. Here is the key. For the next 365 days for your life, when the devil takes the joy away by robbing you, you go back into the presence of God again. When the devil comes in and robs you and takes that joy, will you get up off your duff or your blessed assurance and you go into the presence of God again, be it prayer, be it Bible, be it fellowship, be it worship, be it whatever. I don't care. Get up and get back in the presence of God again. And when the devil comes around the second time and knocks on your door and you open it and he takes it from you again, then you get off your blessed assurance again and you get back into the presence of God again. And when he does it a third time, you do it again. And when he does it a fourth time, you do it again. Because the strength of the Lord is in the joy of the Lord, which is found in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes a robbing, you go to refill. When the tank is empty, put gas in it. When you're depleted, fill it up. And you think, well, I can't do that. Why not? You did it the first time. Yes, but that was special. Why? Because you tried? Try again. But you don't understand. No, I don't care. That's much, much more heartless to say that, huh? That's a good one. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I care about the truth. I don't care about somebody's, well, my perception, well, good for you. God bless you. When you can figure out that you can argue with God, let me know how that goes. If you win that argument, you come back. You can take the throne. But you ain't going to win it. So when the enemy comes and he comes a stealing, you do exactly what you need to do to take it back. If he steals from you, you take it right back. Why? Because you can. Because he's not empowered to keep it from you. He's empowered to take it momentarily. You're empowered to take it right back. Take it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Boy, I like that preacher and that feel right there. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I love that. All right, here we go. Here's your first trivia question. After Elijah prayed, this is after Elijah, Elijah prayed. How long did the drought last? 
After Elijah prayed, how long did the drought last? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. After Elijah prayed, uh, somebody's guessing right off the bat. I just will say very good guess. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, how long did the drought last? It was a drought of uh, a drought. It was a drought. It was a drought of a drought. Go figure that one out. In the meantime, let's do our DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Okay. That's just the, there. <laughs> that. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. I was uh, reviewing a commentator talking about. Uh, Peter talking about Paul saying some of his stuff's hard to understand. It's like because Peter was not as, let's say, intellectually oriented as Paul was, Paul being, uh, you know, pretty, pretty deeply educated. And uh, I just think even Peter was like, like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just think that's so great. I like stuff like that because it's very human, makes it all very, very human. And then A, always be ready to serve. To serve. That's what I'll put. Serve! Because it's like, that's the most important thing. The thing is to understand that if it's always about you, then it's never about what God wants to do for somebody else. That's it. So if you're going to love your neighbor as you love yourself, that means you got to move the needle off of you. You see what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Uh, again, the question is Elijah prayed, how long did the drought last when he after he prayed? How long did that last? If you think you know, you can call in 972 445 770 You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at If you did not catch the very first segment, I rarely do this, but I exceedingly highly encourage you to listen to the podcast so you can hear the difference between the full definition in uh, Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, and Jesus' declaration about a fool in Matthew 5.22. If you do not understand that difference, you need to. Very important and very helpful. And what happens is people get that all confused, and they go, it's just too complex. It's like, no, it's not. That's, that's why God gave gave us gifts like uh, teachers, encouragers, and people of wisdom that can help us understand things. All right, let's go back to the passage and, uh, and then at the end, if nobody calls in, I will give the trivia answer. So the, the beginning of it was, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable deeds. There is none who does good. You should be able to figure out that this is kind of a reference to what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 3. There's another thing I want to read. This comes from uh, Kevin Wassler. I think it's a really good thing to catch. I did not catch this before, so anytime I catch something new, I'm like, oh, oh, I get all excited and stuff like that. Uh, there are. This is what he write, writes. There are three Hebrew words for fool, and all of them speak of moral orientation rather than intellectual ability. The term here denotes someone who stubbornly rejects wisdom. The word behind it is the word nabal. And you're thinking nabal? Like somebody's calling it, we'll grab that and say, the Nabal, does that name sound familiar? It should. In 1 Samuel 25, he was the guy that rejected David, and David, when David requested to get some stuff from him, and uh, David was on his way to slaughter him, and it was his wife that stepped in 
but Nabal means fool. That's the same Hebrew word that's used here for 14.1. So that's kind of like, wow, that's kind of cool. All right, so in the, there's in, in the realm of foolishness, it's not a philosophical atheism, but it's an idea that if God does exist, he takes no interest in human affairs. Now, that's really important because our next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking about what a deist is. And that's what a deist is. That's why that's amazing. I didn't even know that when I put it together. I was like, wow. So the idea is a, a fool, a biblical fool, is somebody who thinks that if God does exist, he could care less about us. He's not seeing it. He doesn't know. You know, it's not none of that stuff's going. He doesn't care. And the result of this denial is that they're corrupt and they do abominable deeds, and thus none of them does anything that's really good. And by the way, just so that we can have this on the record, uh, well, they might pick up a candy wrapper on the side of the road and, and help with litter. Okay, you can pick up a candy wrapper on the side of the road and still go to hell. Okay, just want to make sure nobody misses that picking up that Snicker bars wrapper does not guarantee you a spot in a good eternity in any way, shape, or form. Okay, all right. Uh, somebody's calling in to answer the question. All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. Nice to hear from you. Well, thank you. All right. Now well, you gotta... well, I definitely know, of course, I think more people do, but, you know, it's Christmas is coming up. Oh, let me see. I was looking on the calendar. 16. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, there's 16 more days in the year. Yeah, it's getting yeah, get, it's <laughs> getting closer. You, you, know, you know how I, Mary, days away, okay? Yeah, all right, Mary. You know how I know it's getting closer. By the way, is Noel starts decorating. <laughs> That's all I know because I don't do anything. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I don't you have don't to do have that. Don't have to do anything. No, I I have to get her presents. That's all I have to do. I don't have to do anything else. She takes care of everything yeah. else. That's that's what that's part of the wisdom of being a Jewish Christian. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mary. <laughs> Elijah prayed. How long did that drought last? Three and a half years. That is correct, Amanda. Three and a half years. That is exactly correct. That is about 42 months, which is probably not an accident when you get into eschatology, recognizing that there's 42 months here and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Good job, Mary. Did you know it was three and okay. a half and not three? Did you what just know, Did you know it was three and a half, not three right away? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you know, know your Bible. That's... I learned that a long time ago. Um. Now, what was this about Psalms 14, and what was the other reference? Uh, the Psalm 14, 1, you're talking about Nabal for, for the fool, the word fool? Oh, I don't I don't know. I didn't get in on the beginning oh, of that's the program, okay. but I heard you say something about, yeah, you, about if, we Psalms were, 14, 1. Yep. Yep, we talked about Psalm 14.1. So if you can't, if you don't know how to access that, I'll try and figure out a way to get you a little copy of it. We talked about the difference between a fool in the Old Testament and what Jesus said regarding calling somebody a fool. There's a big difference. Oh, oh, I know there's a difference because we're not supposed to call people a fool. Yep. That's what Jesus is the one that's doing that. that that's that's, that's um, good job, Mary. Um, that's right. I yeah, appreciate I know it. That. Good job. So, yeah, I see uh, that. I can't. 
I don't have a computer, but I just don't have one. Well, anyway, I'll hang up and and listen, okay? All right. Thanks, Mary. Okay. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye. You can't tell me she's not wonderful. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you guys. I mean, this is – okay. All right, so uh, she got that right. By the way, that's three and a half years, okay? So that's a very interesting uh, amount of time. Is there a prophetic connection? Probably, but, I mean, I just don't know if we can nail it down specifically. But three and a half years. What's amazing about that text, by the way, I I will mention is that it's in the book of James that it says, Elijah, he's a man of like passions just like we are. And uh, so what's amazing about that is he prayed, and the Lord said yes. And you think, well, no, no, Elijah, he's perfect, and his— there was only one that was perfect, and that's Jesus Christ, period. Okay, just never, ever forget that. If Elijah went to Taco Bell and ate 500 tacos, he too would have gas. That's just how it goes. I mean, you can't change that. All right, so uh, bottom line is it's important for all of us to understand that when the Scripture is talking about fools, it's often talking about their engagement with God and, again, as we mentioned, this is not the same thing that Jesus was talking about, about calling your brother or your sister a fool, which was, in a sense, condemning them for eternity. This is talking about somebody who makes a decision to think, even if God exists, he could care less, I'm going to do whatever I want. That's the kind of fool the Old Testament is talking about, completely different than the kind that were that's referenced by Jesus in the New Testament. And, in fact, Jesus called the Pharisees fools on multiple occasions and a few other worse things because typically when people say you're like a bunch of snakes that's not a compliment okay it's not like some kind of oh he's complimenting them it's like (laughs) no that is not a compliment that we would say that differently so the idea behind this is to understand though that there are people that think that god may or maybe exists but he's too busy he doesn't care after all he's got a lot on his plate and what they do when they do that is they disregard God. The next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking about how we can indirectly disregard God and what a sin that is. So for people that are like, you don't talk about sin enough, stick around <laughs> because it's going to get a lot worse. So the bottom line in this process is just we just did one verse. Could you imagine if I did one verse for all these books. I mean, it'd be in one book forever. Here's what it says. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is no one who does good. And then it closes with this. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. If you seek God... You are a person who understands. If you do not seek God, you are a fool, according to the scriptures. There you go. All right, folks, I'm going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? This is David, who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is John. Hi, John. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And uh, you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually having a, a wonderful day. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you get some extra time in with the Lord and you just think, man, I can't wait to hear that trumpet. <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I just right. can't right. wait. What's going on? Huh? But yeah. You want to know the answer to that, I, I guess, do. Huh? I do. And so this is a good one. How many times did the boy who Elisha raised from the dead, how many times did he sneeze? Seven. That is correct, sir. You are right. <laughs> a little unknown fact from a lot of people that they might not be aware of is that actually he, uh, so after Elisha stretched himself out, the child sneezed seven times. And then the child opened his eyes, which means that he sneezed those seven times without his eyes open, which is like, wow, that's bizarre. It's like, how huh. do you do that? I thought about it that way. Yeah, it's like, how would you do, I mean, how do you, I mean, <clears throat> My eyes go in the back of my head when I sneeze. I just don't know how that uh, Didn't, didn't uh, he lie prostrate across yes, him? Yes, correct. That is exactly well, that, what he I, did. I thought, okay, if he was sneezing, was he sneezing in Elijah's face? That's an excellent question. I do not have that answer, but I you have <laughs> we'll to have sit to there and wonder. To find that one out, huh? Yeah, I mean, the prophets <laughs> went through a lot, although it... it <laughs> It could be, be a tough one. Excellent job, my friend. Excellent, well, excellent you. answer. Good thank to, you. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. All right. All right. God, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We roll. We roll. That's a great question that he sneezed in his face.